I'm Mercedes. And I'm Tash, and you're listening to episode 154 of Chat Disney. to another episode of the Chat Disney podcast. And this week, you're getting a bit of a double whammy because we're kind of doing two themes here. So first of all, we're going to be answering Disneyland Paris's FAQs, most frequently asked questions. So I'm very excited about this to see what some of them are. And then we're also going to be having a little bit of a chat about what we would do if we were stuck in Disneyland Paris for a night. Where would we go? What would we eat? What would we see? You get the drill. And we're going to be finishing the episode with a live trailer reaction to the brand new Chippendale trailer, which I am very much looking forward to because this is something that I had absolutely no idea even existed. But before we get into that, let's have a quick look at what has been happening in the world of Disney this week. So potentially good news, maybe controversial news for some people, depends what kind of side of the fence you sit on. But Walt Disney World and Disneyland have announced that face masks will no longer be required after the 17th of February. So good news for your castle photos. You're not going to have to wear a mask in front of them any longer. That is correct. But on the other side of the pond over in Disneyland Paris, face masks are still required. But we did have some pretty big news just a week or so ago. And that's that people visiting from the UK to France no longer have to have a negative test to get into the country. This is big, big news. I've actually had COVID myself over the last week and I was very anxious that I would still be testing positive in a month's time for my hen weekend. So knowing that those rules have been slightly relaxed is real peace of mind for me personally. And we've also had some more teasers this week about the upcoming Disneyland Paris 30th anniversary. So the Disneyland Paris official TikTok account unveiled the new snacks that are going to be in the park for the 30th anniversary. And my oh my, Disneyland Paris have really upped their game. I'm really looking forward to sampling some of these. We saw a Mickey waffle cone. We saw some cookies, some Madeline, some cake pops in beautiful kind of pastel pinks and purples, really vibrant and and not the kind of caliber of snacks that we normally see at Disneyland Paris. So let's hope that the actual execution matches up with what we saw on TikTok. And Disneyland Paris cast members also got a sneak peek of what's in store for the 30th anniversary this week. It's not long now and we will be covering the 30th anniversary in next week's episode. And final bit of Disneyland Paris news for you all this week. The first ever Disney wedding carriage was added to Disneyland Paris's theme park. So you may have seen on social media lots of Disney wedding promotion recently. There was a Disney fairy tale wedding bridal collection. And normally Disneyland Paris isn't really connected to the whole Disney Weddings franchise. It's much more focused on Walt Disney World and also Disneyland. So very interesting to see this carriage at Disneyland Paris. And I'd love to see a Disneyland Paris highlight on the Disney Wedding Show on Disney+. Plus. Oh, me too. I hope that's something that they bring for us. And talking about Disney+, Plus, as I mentioned in the introduction, they this week released the trailer for Chippendale Rescue Rangers, which, yeah, I don't know how I feel about this. We're going to be talking all about it at the end of the episode, so I'm not going to dwell on it anymore for now. Um, But I'm very keen to discuss this with you, Mercedes. Me too. I'm so excited for Tasha's reaction. She has no idea what's in store, so definitely stay tuned (laughs) till the end of the episode for that. And in another area of uh, conversation that Tash doesn't really care for, we have some Marvel news for you all this week. Now, if you listen to our Spider-Man episode a couple of weeks back, you'll know how much I love Spider-Man No Way Home and what a fantastic movie I thought it was. So I'm really excited to announce this week that Spider-Man No Way Home has actually beaten Avatar as the highest grossing domestic box office release of all time at an incredible 760 million US dollars, which is absolutely sensational. And I've said this many times before, I'll say it again, that's in a pandemic. Imagine what that box office number would have been if things were completely normal in cinemas at the moment. Absolutely incredible numbers. And also happy 33rd birthday this week to Elizabeth Olsen. We know her best in the Disney and Marvel community as playing Wanda or Scarlet Witch. So a very happy birthday. Finally, for some uh, quite different news for the Walt Disney Company, I would say, there's been a lot of talk this week about the story living communities that Disney have announced. So if you think, you know, Disneyland, 
Walt Disney World, wherever, is your second home. You never want to leave. Well, maybe soon you won't have to because Disney are going to be creating some residential neighborhoods so you can live in a Disney-created world. I mean, I don't think this is the sort of thing where Mickey Mouse is going to be at your doorstep every morning. But um, yeah, it's certainly something that's very intriguing. I think to us, this seems like quite a crazy thing that a big corporate company would create a community or a town for people to live in. But I think maybe this is more the norm in America. I'm not sure. Mercedes and I was talking about this earlier and we discovered that Hershey, the company, the chocolate company, actually own the town of Hershey in America. So maybe it's more of a done thing there. I don't know, but I'm very excited as more plans for this become unveiled to see what these communities are actually going to look like. Oh, me too. And yeah, you're absolutely right, Tash. I think this is quite common place in the US. We know that Celebration, the town in Orlando, used to be owned by the Walt Disney Company as well. So don't worry if you read this and panicked and alarm bells started ringing. I don't think it's as, as extreme as the press releases would have you believe. But hey, we could be wrong. Maybe Mickey does greet you every morning and deliver your post. I, I've got no idea, but we'll see what happens as that story develops. And now we are moving into our quite radical episode. Two topics today. Disneyland Paris frequently asked questions and what we would do if we were trapped inside Disneyland Paris. So we have scoured the internet for you, thanks to our lovely friends at BuzzSumo. A little bit of a plug there for the content management tool, if you are a marketing professional. And we have discovered the most frequently asked questions about Disneyland Paris. So these are the things that people are typing into Google or Reddit or wherever it is that they get their information from to find out how to maximize their trip at Disneyland Paris. I'm really, really excited to have a look at some of these frequently asked questions, Tash. And I think some of them are actually quite surprising. Yeah, I am having a look through the list at the moment and there's some quite humorous ones, let's say. Things that you think, why would someone Google that? How they can get the answer to that? It just, yeah, it baffles me, some of the things that people look up. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so let's dive into them. And some of them are, you know, real sort of basic novice questions that lots of you at home will have the answers to. And hopefully our episode last week, Disneyland Paris for Dummies, will also answer some of these questions. But some of them are pretty niche. So I'm going to go niche, I think, for my first attempt at a stab at one of these. And so one of the most frequently asked questions online about Disneyland Paris is, are the aerial grotto coral ears and backpacks still available at Disneyland Paris? So what this question is referring to is the kind of orangey coral glittery mini ears and matching lounge fly rucksack and spirit jersey that debuted in the park a couple of years ago. And unfortunately, the answer to this question is no, they are no longer available. We know that the Walt Disney Company, particularly in Disney parks and resorts, like to recycle these sort of mini ear lounge fly spirit jersey collabs. They know that they so sell very well, particularly with millennials. So it's quite normal to see these colors change over season. And it can be really upsetting if there's a specific color that you really want to get your hands on. So unfortunately, if the aerial grotto coral was a color that you were really, really into, it is no longer available. But do keep your eyes peeled because there will be a new colour debuting at Disney Parks and Resorts. At the moment, we're waiting for the 30th anniversary, which is kind of a, I guess I'd describe it as an indigo. I don't know if you've got a better de definition, Tash. It's, it's not a navy, but it's not a purple. Um, and, and that will be the next sort of big colour splash of, of mini ears and spirits jerseys to look out for. I love seeing what their new colour is going to be. It's like one of the most exciting times of the year when Disney announced a new kind of colour scheme. Um, but yeah, if, if you were wondering, then uh, and if you have been the person that has Googled that quite frequently, then I hope that that answered your question. <laughs> one of my favourite questions that people have genuinely looked up a lot is, 
how to deal with rain at Disneyland Paris. So for those of you who are, you know, from the UK, obviously we get a lot of rain here and we get a lot of rain in Europe as well. From America, if you're not that familiar with the European climate, you might not think, why has someone Googled that? But then I guess they get a lot of rain in Florida as well, depending on when rainy season is. But um, yeah, how best to deal with the rain at Disneyland Paris? I would like to see what some of the responses to this were. I mean, my suggestions would be to always take waterproofs, make sure you're covered for all seasons, even if it is the summer. Summers here can be quite warm, but they can also still be quite chilly as well. So just make sure that you have things packed for every eventuality. The ponchos are great as well if you want to just stick them in your bag because they're very small and light and they you know, fold up and then you can just whip them out when you need to. Apart from that, I mean, there's not an awful lot of shelter, I don't think, at Disneyland Paris. I mean, I'm thinking of somewhere like Tokyo where they really get a lot of rain. They've kind of designed it where they've got that big walkway when you first go into the park for the purpose of heavy rain season, where we don't have anything like that in Paris. So I think it's more a case of just, you know, picking your moments and trying to dip, dip into cover when you can. Um, but yeah, I mean, how else do you prepare for rain in any eventuality? There's not really a, a lot of ways or a lot of things that you can do. No, see, I disagree with you, Tash, and it might be because I've not been to Tokyo at, and it, you know it's next on my list. It's the one I really desperately want to get to. I actually think Disneyland Paris is pretty good if you compare it to Walt Disney World and, and Disneyland Paris, so or, or Disneyland, sorry. So if you think about Main Street, we don't have that kind of glass conservatory-esque ceiling, but we do have the arcades either side. So you've got your Liberty Arcade and your to Discovery Arcade, I want to say. And we don't have that in Walt Disney World or Disneyland. And, and they are there for that purpose so that if it's really wet and disgusting and you're on Main Street, you can just dip into the sides. If you think about the queuing as well, all of the queues in Disneyland Paris are actually undercover. Of course, there's a couple of exceptions like the storybook boats, but they're actually not in operation when it's really wet as well. So they're not quite as good as Tokyo, I don't think, in, in putting things undercover in Paris. But you can definitely see with the Imagineering that it was a consideration when they were building the park. And there's a lot more cover than you see in the States. Yeah, I guess that's true. I wasn't thinking of the, the arcades. I mean, I think Florida could do with a bit more cover just to shield from the sun. <laughs> But, Definitely. Uh, Definitely. That's another FAQ. How do you prepare for the sun in Florida? Oh, gosh. And the wet as well. I mean, you, you touched upon it, but I, I don't know why this is, but I've been to Walt Disney World twice in hurricane season. I really don't recommend it because although the raining is short-lived, my, oh, my. I mean, I remember, like, it hurt. The rain actually hurt. It was falling so hard. And, and me being, you know, stupid British tourists didn't take any long trousers or waterproofs or anything like that. So I completely wasn't prepared for the rain in Orlando. So, yeah, just because you're going to Florida, you need to be prepared for wet weather in all eventualities, for sure. Yes, you do. Mercedes, why don't you pick another question? I really am enjoying this. This is so much fun. Okay, so <laughs> this is a good one, actually, and it's quite serious and quite timely to right now. So how much risk is involved in booking a 2022 Disneyland Paris trip? So this is a really, really good one. And I think that travel in general is quite a risky business right now. I'm certainly very worried about all of the upcoming trips that I have planned for this year, for 2022. So what I would say is that if it is a concern of yours and you do want total peace of mind, if you book with the Disneyland Paris company direct, they have a policy which they call their Zen guarantee. And the idea is that you feel zenful. You can relax and enjoy the build up to your holiday without worrying about anything awful happening. And basically, the Zen guarantee gives you seven days. So as long as you cancel your Disneyland Paris trip seven days before you're due to arrive, you can get either a, a move, a, a postponement or a movement of your holiday to a, a date that suits you, or you can get a full refund. Now, there are a few official Disneyland Paris travel providers that are honoring the Zen guarantee as well. Magic Breaks, who we talk about a lot, are also honoring this. I definitely recommend if you are concerned about travel in 2022, definitely make sure that the travel provider that you're booking with has that Zen guarantee. Magic Breaks definitely have it. And obviously, if you book with Disneyland Paris Direct, you'll get it too. A hundred percent. I mean, I think if you're looking at booking now, I maybe I'm being optimistic, but I feel like the risk is quite minimal with things opening up and things getting back to normal. And, you know, we they, now they've 
and remove the need for COVID testing for us before we go over there and things like that. So I feel like the risk is diminishing definitely but uh, yeah you just have to have to weigh it up another good question that came up um how do i purchase an annual pass so annual passes are available again which is good news for people who want to purchase one so with annual passes you can either purchase them before you go by giving they have like a i don't know if it's an annual pass number but there's a phone number that you can call and you can set it up that way or I think what a lot of people do is actually buy it on site when you're there. So what you could do is you could purchase, for example, a one day ticket to get you into Disneyland Paris. And then when you're there, you can just go to, I think you have to go to a specific guest services to do it. You can't just go to anywhere in the park. And then you can basically change your one day ticket into an annual pass and they will basically include the cost of your one day ticket. So you're not paying extra. So they basically reimburse you for that. And there are different levels of annual pass as well. So it's worth having a bit of a research into what you want in terms of when you want to go, how often you think you're going to use it and things like that. But yeah, I mean, a very simple, straightforward way to do it, I think. Definitely. Yes. It's the annual pass office in discovery land that you'll want to, you'll want to go to. And if annual passes are a topic of, of interest for you, I definitely recommend going to check out our friends at 37 Disney street and their Disneyland Paris show, because they have a whole episode where they talk about their experiences as annual pass holders. They talk about how to get the annual pass, the annual passes that they have, the pros and cons of the different tiers. So definitely go and give our th- friends at 37 Disney street a listen if you haven't done so. Okay, my next question. I'm really enjoying this. I love it. I love just the verbatims of the people just appearing. Um, This is a great one. Really, you know, just to the point, can I get a dining plan? I mean, what a great question. So for people that are a little bit more familiar with the dining plans that are available in the States, Disneyland Paris is a little bit different. In the 2010s, I believe it was, the Walt Disney Company bought Disneyland Paris outright. So prior to that, they didn't actually own 100% of the park. And we've noticed big, big changes in the way that pricing and packaging works since Walt Disney took full ownership. Some good, some not so good. And dining is definitely one of them. So it used to be that you got free breakfast in your hotel if you were staying at a Disney hotel. That's no longer a thing at Disneyland Paris. The only way you're going to get your breakfast included in your stay is if you purchase a dining plan or a dining package on top of your trip. Now, we spoke about this last week. Sometimes you can get that dining package for free. If you're smart and you're clever and you find an offer that includes free dining, I would always say grab that deal as quickly as you can. We did it in 2020 and we paid like next to nothing. It was amazing. But if that offer is not available, like right now, you are going to have to pay for your dining package on top of your stay. There are two kind of different options. There's half board and there's full board. I actually made the mistake last week of saying that if I was on a half board plan, I would use it for lunch and dinner. And clearly the Walt Disney Company are savvy to people like myself trying to cheat the system. You can't do that. The half board plan is breakfast and then either lunch or dinner. And then the full board is your breakfast, your lunch and your dinner. So you're going to have to look into the options and see which one is most appropriate for you and your family or your friends, whoever you're traveling with. So definitely head over to the Disneyland Paris website where they've got a full explanation of what dining pack are available right now and how much they cost. And as I say, if you are looking for a 2023 trip, definitely keep your eyes peeled because I'm confident that we'll see a free dining package offer for 2023 at some point. Yeah, definitely. I think it's definitely worth doing. I mean, especially if you're going with a small group of people because it just saves that whole faff of having to split bills and things like that. And you can use it as well. So if you do get, if you are lucky enough to go at some point and get one that's included, Obviously, it only covers a limited amount of restaurants, depending on which plan you do. But you can use the credits to then upgrade for, you know, if they bring back character dining, then you can put it towards that. We, for example, used ours towards the Inventions brunch. So that wasn't on the plan, but we used the credit and then we just had to pay a bit. Well, quite a lot because Inventions is expensive on top of that. So that's something that is also definitely worth noting. Um, Again, one of my favorite questions on here, is it even really a, a question? Which Disneyland Paris park is better? I mean, (laughs) come on. You only have to listen to this podcast to know our thoughts on this. I mean, it's park Disneyland every time. I mean, Hollywood Studios is just, yeah, I mean, it's a questionable park at best. It's a half a day park. There are some good attractions there. We've got the Ratatouille ride. 
um, the Ratatouille ride, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Crush's Coaster, um, Bistro Shea Remy. There's a few highlights, but yeah, it's it's not in comparison to the main park. No, and it's such a shame because, as you say, Walt Disney Studios does have quite a lot of potential. So we know that we've got Crush's Coaster, Ratatouille. We've got that Toy Story Land, which I don't really think I'm the target age group at for that. But some kids will enjoy that, you know. Um, yeah, there's, there's, there is good stuff there. It's definitely not like so awful that you should skip it entirely. That's absolutely not what we're saying. But at the moment, as we mentioned last week, Walt Disney Studios is in a bit of a state of flux. There's a lot of developments that are going on and it's all good, right? It means that over the next coming years, we're going to see huge transformation in Walt Disney Studios. We're getting an Avengers Campus, we're getting a Galaxy's Edge and we're getting a frozen land, which is huge. None of the American parks have a frozen land. So that will be really exciting. So just watch this space when it comes to Walt Disney Studios. But if you are going to be traveling to Disneyland Paris in 2022 and you've never been before and you don't really know what to expect, maybe just lower those expectations a little bit, (laughs) I would say. Okay. The next question that we're going to talk about kind of linked is, can you park hop? Can you visit both different Disney parks on the same ticket? And the answer is yes, you absolutely can. Just make sure you check your ticket type. So we're quite lucky in Disneyland Paris and we've not had the same restrictions that the American parks have had, particularly in Walt Disney World, where you have to kind of reserve your park slot in addition to just purchasing your ticket. So yes, just make sure you check your ticket type, but it's absolutely possible to park hop and you don't have any time parameters. If you want to go to Walt Disney Studios at nine o'clock in the morning and you've done everything by 11 o'clock, hey, it happens. You can absolutely move into Park Disneyland as soon as you're done. You don't have to worry about waiting for a 4 p.m. window or anything like that, which unfortunately is the case in Walt Disney World at the moment. Yes. That is the the case, but it's good that you can do it here. Um, another quite timely question is: What are the French travel rules at the moment? So we've touched upon this a little bit already. You do need to be double vaccinated. Um, so yeah, you need to have had two jabs. I don't think the booster is counted in that anymore. So I don't think you need to have had a booster. Um, although I think actually no, if it's been longer than four months, and I think you need to have had a booster. It's yeah, I'm a bit confused about that, but but yeah, don't take my word for it. Look it up yourself. But that gives you a general idea. Um, to prove it, you'll need to download the NHS NHS app and have the COVID pass on it to show when you're crossing into France. They will want to know that you're double vaccinated. Um, you don't have to take a pre-departure test anymore, which is great news. Obviously, that is going to take down the cost of your trip as well. There are some forms that you will need to complete on a well before you go, so you can show them on arrival again just have a look up online of what these forms are, what you need. And then before returning to the UK, you always assuming that is where you're coming from, obviously different if you're coming from America or any other country, for example, but we need to complete a passenger locator form. But then when you're back, you don't need to take a lateral flow or a PCR test anymore. So it is getting easier. Definitely. And something else that I just want to throw into the mix, the only thing that's worse than COVID, Brexit. So I visited France last year for my mini moon and it was the first time I was going into a European country sort of post Brexit. And there's actually additional paperwork that you have to complete now if you're coming from the UK and because we're no longer European citizens in the eyes of you know, the EU. So there are additional forms that you'll have to fill out. It's super straightforward. It's not like a visa or anything like that. And I think it's free to do, but just really make sure if you're coming from the UK that you look into the COVID stuff, but just double check the Brexit situation as well. Cool. Something more lighthearted now, I feel. Yeah, I did. Let's have another fun one. Okay, cool. Um, This is a good one. What restaurants in the Disney Village accept bookings? Now, I'm not surprised that this is one of the most frequently asked questions because it's a minefield (laughs) to know which Disney Village restaurants take bookings and which don't. So as a general rule of thumb, I'm going to impart some wisdom upon all of our lovely listeners today. If it's owned by Disney, you can make a reservation, you can make your booking. So things like Annette's Diner, King Ludwig's, Cafe Mickey, no problem. These restaurants in Disney Village, you can absolutely make reservations for. The independent restaurants, so I'm thinking about things like Planet Hollywood, Vapiano's, or Rainforest Cafe, you will not be able to make 
a reservation. Now, please don't make the mistake of going into Disney Village after the fireworks and turning up at Rainforest Cafe with your tired toddlers to then be told that there's a 90 minute wait because that's just the way that it that it is. If you really want to dine at any of those restaurants, Planet Hollywood, Vapiano's or Rainforest Cafe, and that is the situation, especially if you're traveling in like peak time, I would recommend that one of your travel party goes early and yeah it might mean that they miss the fireworks or whatever but dives into the disney village before the mad rush to get your name on a list so that you can come back in like half an hour as opposed to 90 minutes because if you've got tired tots it really isn't what you want i mean i personally don't mind when they tell me that because i'm happy to go and browse the shopping in disney village but if you've got young children that's not what you want at the end of a long park day and then of course the backup option for many is well we'll just go to mcdonald's or the earl of sandwich again you do not want to be going into that disney village mcdonald's after a long day at disneyland paris because honestly it's, I'm not being hyperbolic when I say it is the busiest place. I've, I've been trapped inside that McDonald's after a long Disneyland Paris day more times than I care to think about. It used to always happen to me when I was a uni student. You know, we were on a budget. We'd always end up in McDonald's at the end of a long park day. And it's it's so busy in there. And that was pre-COVID. Like the thought of being in there right now in like the mosh pit that is McDonald's in Disney Village, I just know it's like disease central. So if you're worried about this, if I'm stressing you out as much as I'm stressing myself out right now, my recommendations, just book a table at Annette's, book a table at King Ludwig's, book a table at your hotel. But if if you are worried about, you know, being told there's a 90 minute wait for Planet Hollywood, then just think about your options because you don't want to be in that McDonald's mosh pit. Oh God, absolutely not. No, I think that's some very, very good words of wisdom there from experience as, as well. Yeah, that is the last thing you want to be doing after you've been sort of hustled and bustled out of the park. And do you really want to go to McDonald's? Probably not. Like you want a nice dinner. Yeah, definitely take somewhere that you can book. It will completely change your experience. You don't want to down it at the end of a good day. Um, another question, perfectly reasonable question. How early can we check into Hotel Cheyenne? Very specific. Well, for all the Disney hotels, you can check in from the three a oh, three a clock, three o'clock, um, which I think is standard across you know the whole resort. Then you can get your tickets and you can go straight on into the park. So I think you would probably actually pick them up before that if you're staying at a Disney hotel and your park tickets are obviously included, which they will be. Then um, yeah, I think you can pick them up before that, and then you can always go back and check in a bit later at three o'clock. So if you are arriving early, don't worry about kind of having to kill time around the Disney village. You can go into the park, and then you can always pop out, check in, and go back in later. Yeah, they'll always let you go to the hotel. Like my recommendations always go to the hotel first because you want to get rid of your shit, right? So they will store that for you. But also, and I feel like I shouldn't say this because I feel like now I'll get an angry listener that's like, I listened to you and that didn't work out for me. So I'm absolutely not saying that this is gospel, but I've been very lucky and I've visited Disneyland Paris on many occasions, many different types of seasons. I've been off peak in the winter. I've been in the high summer. I've been at Christmas. I've been every time of year and I've stayed in every type of Disney hotel. I've stayed at the premium, New York, Newport Bay, Sequoia Lodge, right down to the Santa Fe. And I have never ever 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 not been allowed to check in early I always get there early because normally we've driven from Brighton or got an early Eurostar and we've got there at like 10 11 o'clock as I say I shouldn't say this because now someone's going to go and try and do that and it's not going to work but in my experience my 30 years worth of Disneyland Paris trips I have never not been able to check in early so don't worry about that. Even if your room's not ready, as I say, they'll definitely store your luggage for you. So you don't need to worry about that at all. Yeah. And let's face it, you're not there for the hotel. Like the hotel is the place to rest your head. Like you're not going to hang out at the hotel for a couple of hours at three, are you? You want to go straight into the park. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Get get to that hotel, dump your stuff and that's it. You're not going back till like midnight. <laughs> okay. Right. Another question. I'm really, really enjoying this. It's great to, to hear the inner workings of Disneyland Paris planners and goers. This one's quite interesting. Why isn't Buzz Lightyear's ride called Astro Blasters? So Astro Blasters is the name of the Buzz Lightyear, Lightyear spin 
astro spin i don't even know what it's called in paris that's how much this question is so insignificant to me but there we are this is an interesting one so this attraction actually has a different name at every single disney resort around the world and there's lots of attractions like this like mad tea party mad hatter's teacups or whatever it's called they have lots of different names so that is why buzz lightyear's ride is not called astro blasters in paris it's just one of those things they just change it up in all the different regions yeah again very very random question that one but uh yeah very informative i like this one why can't i get alcohol at tokyo disneyland why can't i get alcohol at tokyo disneyland but i can at disneyland paris i mean i think that is just a cultural thing to be quite honest with you um i don't know why you can't at tokyo i'm talking you know i'm not i'm comparing but in china you could literally be in a queue for a ride and there'll be someone with a little cool box selling beer so that's no yeah honestly like in the ride in the queue for the rapids and stuff in yeah the height of summer there'll be where they normally would like have like a little fridge with like coke and seven up and stuff they have beer in that as well so it's so easy so I think I'm going to put that one down to it's just a cultural thing yeah, definitely. I mean, they said on the Imagineering series that when they opened Disneyland Paris, you couldn't get alcohol. So it was the same as Disneyland in America and 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 or Disneyland and Magic Kingdom, right? And you still you can't really get alcohol in those two. I think you can be our guest restaurant at Walt Disney World. But anyway, I'm going off to a huge tangent here. So Disneyland Paris was exactly the same as those two parks, no alcohol. And the French people went mental. They were already angry that this, this you know, tacky American company had come and built this horrible corporate amusement park in their beautiful cultural city. And just to add some real salt into the wound, there was no wine and the French were crazy about this and so the rules were very very quickly changed so that's why you can get alcohol in Disneyland Paris but yeah I've got no idea why there's no alcohol in Tokyo and um yeah there's no alcohol in the Magic Kingdom either which is why Epcot food and wine is so celebrated <laughs> um okay we're almost at the end of our questions here we've had some really interesting frequently asked questions this one <laughs> we've got a whole episode on this one so I'm not going to go into this what's the best snack at Disneyland Paris if that's a question that you have go back a few episodes we literally covered our top five Disneyland Paris snacks so that's where you can get the answer to that one Uh, I'll take this one can you still see the dragon so this one is a bit of a spoiler so if you haven't been to Disneyland Paris before and you're planning a trip or you're going to be going soon just press that little skip button on your podcast now and skip us like 30 seconds or something but we are of course talking about the Maleficent-esque dragon that is in the dungeon of Sleeping Beauty Castle in Disneyland Paris now this animatronic really is a sight to be seen and there's nothing like it at any of the other Disney parks around the world and yes it is still there right now I'm not sure how they are navigating that right now with COVID restrictions because it is quite a small little cave I imagine that they've probably got some kind of one in one out system I have no idea but when I go in March I will definitely report back and let you know but yes that dragon is still there and it's as cool as it sounds absolutely and another good question when are fireworks and parades back well great news they are back and they are bigger and better than ever for the 30th celebrations which Mercedes you will get to see very shortly I am sure so we have illuminations which is the firework nighttime spectacular going on in the main park and we have Disney stars on parade with new costumes for the 30th celebrations I cannot wait to see some video footage and images of these I did not know that they were doing new costumes in Stars on Parade and that makes me really happy because I feel like I've watched that parade so many times. I could be wrong, but that's what I was led to believe. I hope I, I hope dashed your dreams. <laughs> I was about to be like so entitled and be like, I've seen this parade so many times. I believe in my soul that there was going to be a new parade for the 30th, but because of COVID, it's like bought them a bit of time and they're like, we can run this parade for a bit longer because we've had stars on parade for quite a while now. Like I've got the music stuck in my head now that like, yeah, anyway. um, Yeah, we've had this for a while and Illuminations. Oh my God, I sound so entitled. I mean, right now, give me any Disneyland fireworks show and I'll be like so, so happy. But Illuminations makes me so, angry because I remember they debuted it for the 25th anniversary as this brand new show and prior to that we had dreams was it no we didn't we had wishes and was it wishes or dream I think it was 
I can't remember, but it was the Peter Pan one. And I loved that one so much. So I had really high expectations for Illuminations. And it's just the Shanghai firework show that's just got French and English instead of Mandarin. So that kind of felt like a bit of a cop-out. And it's often the case, I think, with some of these international Disney parks, they say, hey, you're getting this brand new thing. And it's just like some recycled content from another park. So I I really wanted like a new parade or a new fireworks show for the 30th. Um, But don't worry, there is lots of cool stuff coming for the 30th. And as we kind of teased at the beginning of today's episode, next week's episode is about just that. We're talking all about the Disneyland Paris 30th anniversary what's been announced what's coming and if you've got a trip coming up this is like definitely the episode to listen to because it's going to get you really really excited but we're not done there are we Tash we've still got a whole other topic to talk about today yes we have indeed so let's get straight into it we're not going to keep this going for too long But yeah, hypothetically we like a good hypothetical episode here on the Chat Disney podcast from time to time We are trapped inside Disneyland Paris overnight. I'm not sure how this has happened. I don't know if it's our fault, if we've done it intentionally or if we've been accidentally locked behind the gates and and left behind. So, um, Mercedes, the first thing I want to know is is if this has happened to you, you know, where are you going to eat? I mean, hey, I feel like you've given this a lot more thought than I. I know that you used to play this scenario out in queues in Shanghai back when you were a season pass holder. I do just have a few rules that I want to establish. Is everything open? Like, can I just walk in anywhere? Do I need to, like, obtain keys or anything like that? I mean, no, it's very hypothetical. Let's say everything is open. Um, I mean, I don't know who's going to cook this food. Um that's fine. That's, we'll stick with that. That's, that gives me a little bit more, you know, consolidation. Okay. So I've got to find items that aren't cooked is, is what you're telling me. So the first thing that I'm doing, and I'm sorry, Tash, I know that you were going to say this and I'm just stealing the words right out of your mouth. I'm heading into Walt Disney Studios for starters. Or do can I only pick one park? You can only pick one park. You're locked in. Okay, okay. Well, I'm going bold. I know we've given it loads of hate today, but I'm staying in Walt Disney Studios. (laughs) That's where I'm sleeping. And I'm going to Bistro Shea Remy. And there's a beautiful item on the menu that doesn't need any kind of preparation or cooking. And it is, of course, the chocolate mousse, or as we like to refer to it as the chocolate ganache, because it's really a ganache. And I'm just eating that for the evening and I'd be quite content with that. So, um, yeah, there's two for one there. I'm staying at Walt Disney Studios and I'm eating ganache. What about you? That sounds great. I'm hey, I'm going straight to, oh, I'm going to go to Main Street Bakery and I'm just going to live off bakery bits for, for the evening. I mean, I know the food at Paris isn't genuinely great, but um, I'm sure there's, there's some snacks that I can enjoy from from there. So that's where I'll be. And it means that you're in the main Disneyland park as well, which is probably more more luxurious, I would imagine, than me in my trailer and Walt Disney Studios. Okay, great. So where do I sleep to that point? So I've filled my belly up with chocolate ganache and I'm going to explore. I'm going to get to that. But before I do that, you know, the whole situation has been a bit overwhelming. I want to rest my head and, and have a nap. I know this probably sounds really counterintuitive, but the only place that I can think of that would be nice to rest my head would be a hotel. And there is a perfectly good hotel in the middle of Walt Disney Studios. So I'm sleeping in the Hollywood Tower Hotel. And I know that you might think that's like creepy or whatever, but it's not haunting. I guess that like 1940s music is a little bit creepy in the the lobby, but but that's where I'm resting my head in in the lobby of the Hollywood Tower Hotel. I mean, that sounds like the last place I would sleep in Walt Disney Studios. Um, I mean, there's not many places that I can imagine are not going to be creepy at night when it's dark and cold and you're completely on your own. I mean, there's going to be some places that are more creepier than others. Small World, for example, would not go near that. I think that would be like a nightmare. Um, I would probably pick something really safe, like the like the nursery from the Peter Pan ride, Darling Nursery. I think I would go in there I'd climb over one of the boats, one of the carriages, and I'd drop down into the nursery and and probably sleep there, I imagine. 
See, I think the Peter Pan nursery would be creepy because of the creepy animatronics. I, I think whilst the Hollywood Tower setting is a bit eerie, I tried to think of somewhere that doesn't have animatronics. And so that's why I went with that foyer. But hey, I think you're right. I think you could make anything in Disneyland creepy in the right sort of setting. Um, and this is certainly it. So yeah, I've eaten my food. I've, I've had a quick nap. Uh, I'm coming out of the Hollywood Tower refreshed and, and energized. Um, what am I doing? What am I doing? I've got the whole of Walt Disney Studios, all, all you know, one square foot of it uh, to myself. So what am I going to be doing there? Do you know what? I actually, this is so weird. I don't even know where my head's at today. I think it's still like COVID aftermath. I, I would probably drive one of those cars around from the stunt show. <laughs> I mean, the slim pickings, there's not much else to do. I don't know if rides are like operational or not in this hypothetical situation. If they are, the only attraction I'd probably want to go on on my own in the dark and not feel afraid would be something like Crush's Coaster. I think even the Ratatouille ride would be quite scary on your own because there's that like crazy chase scene. So yeah, I may go on Crush's Coaster, but I reckon I'd drive Lightning McQueen around and... um yeah, I mean, there's there's not that much to do, really, is there, in Walt Disney Studios. I'm sure you could find some things to do for the night. Um, so what would I do? I would, I probably wouldn't really go on any rides. I don't think what I would do is I would go into the castle and I would have a good explore and have a look around all the bits that you're not really meant to go. And then I'd also go kind of backstage and have a good look at all the, the um, parade floats and climb up on them and kind of look at the inner workings and try and work out how they all work and are, are put together. I'd do something like that, I think. Okay, serious question. This isn't hypothetical anymore. This is like actually happened. And you're backstage, right? You found yourself backstage. There's no one else around. And you're fairly certain there's no one around. And you're like, you, you're walking around and you see a sign for the costume department. And you go in and there's all of the parade costumes and the princess dresses. Would you put one on? Oh God, yes. That is yeah. definitely what I would spend my night doing. A hundred percent. Yeah, me too. I I would as well. I'd find that really really exciting. If you, if there was only once, you've got all of the princesses. They've gone to the castle for the night. They put their pajamas on and their dresses are all hung nicely. But you can only pick one to try on. Which outfit do you do? Oh, that is a very good question. Yeah, I feel like someone a little bit different. Maybe someone like I don't know, like Tiana. Um, I feel like, you know, like when I was younger, I had Belle's dress. I've tried that on before. Maybe Cinderella. Um, yeah. Hmm, I think, yeah, probably one of one of those two, like a classic or someone a bit more modern. How about you? Yeah, I thought of, of Cinderella as well because it's like the ultimate princess dress. I think I would go for somebody that had similar colouring to me so that I could look as authentically as much like the princess as possible. You're quite lucky because I think you could pull off any of the different princesses' hair colours. So I probably would have to go for somebody with, with darker hair, but I wouldn't go for Jasmine because especially the new Princess Jasmine costume, I really, really don't like it. So maybe Belle or Snow White, I think. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm like getting really excited now by this hypothetical situation that's absolutely never going to happen. Um, so... <laughs> You're, you're enjoying yourself in the park. I'm like driving around in one of those awful cars while you're trying on princess dresses. I don't know how this has happened. Um, <laughs> but then suddenly someone appears, somebody emerges and they're going to spend the rest of the evening with you. Who would you pick? So for me, the obvious choice would be you, but I feel like that's a cop out. So I'm not going to say you. <laughs> I would pick, and it's a sad, soppy answer, but I would pick my husband because as lovely as this situation sounds, I know myself, I'm a very anxious person and I'd be very alarmed and concerned by the fact that I was locked in Disneyland by myself. And my husband's very practical, very pragmatic, very logical, but can be fun and can bend the rules at times. So I think I'd probably have the most enjoyable time if I was with him because I'd feel safe, but I know that he'd encourage me to, you know, try on princess dresses or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I would obviously say you as well, 100%. Like, imagine how much fun we would have, like, the two of us together. Um, but, yeah, if not, I'd probably have to say Benji, my husband, as well, for, for the same reasons. Like, he'd make me feel quite safe. Because I think, actually, as exciting as this would be, it would also be quite anxiety-inducing as well. And I'd be really yeah. worried I was going to get in loads of trouble for doing this. So, yeah, he would be quite a good person to have there, I think. 
Absolutely. And we really hope that you listeners at home have enjoyed our hypothetical situations and would love to hear where you would spend your evening trapped inside Disneyland Paris. What would you eat? Who would you be with? What would you get up to? Definitely let us know. As ever, you can always reach us on Twitter. Our Twitter handle is at ChatDisneyUK. Or Instagram at ChatDisney. Or email ChatDisneyUK at gmail.com or Apple Podcast Reviews. There's so many different ways to get in touch with us. So on that note, we're now going to head into the final part of today's episode. I'm so excited, <laughs> like beyond compare for this. Tash is going to give you her, her live trailer reaction to the brand new Chippendale Rescue Rangers movie. Well, what are you waiting for? I don't know. Something amazing, I guess. So as we said in the beginning, I, I didn't even know this was a thing. It must have completely bypassed me I don't know if we ever announced it as news that they were bringing this on on this podcast but it's something that I obviously completely forgot about so I have absolutely no idea what this entails I saw it come up on Instagram the other day and I was like I don't really care for Chippendale so I didn't even bother watching the trailer um so yeah I've got zero expectations of what this is I'm really excited for you to watch it. And what I will say going into the trailer, and if you haven't yet watched it at home, definitely pause the podcast right now, go watch it on YouTube and come back and join us. But I thought that this was going to be like a reboot of the 80s, 90s Chippendale Rescue Rangers cartoon. And it definitely is a spin-off of that franchise, but it's completely different from what I'd expected. And that's all I'm going to say now. So yeah, as I say, if you've not yet watched the trailer, just pause the podcast, come back and join us in a second. But here is Tash's live trailer reaction to the trailer. Chippendale Rescue Rangers, the show that defined a generation and turned okay, two yeah, known chipmunks into international superstars. Sometimes but as success took Chippendale to new heights, to many more seasons of the Rescue Rangers, we were living the dream, dancing the Roger Rabbit with Roger Rabbit. <laughs> no one ever imagined. Boy. <laughs> It could all come crashing down. Oh God! Thirty years later. Oh my God! Different. Hey, it's no secret I had the CGI. What? Consumed by temptation. Okay, they're in different animation forms. I just love it so much. My please. My please. What is this? Is it possible that two living legends are destined to reunite? I'm thinking reboot. Nobody wants a reboot. Okay, cats, like cats musical. What is going on in this trailer? Obviously. But it looks like you're talking to that window. It actually looks like I'm looking right at you. Okay. Look at my eyes, looking right at your eyes. Yeah. I mean, where where do I even begin? This is not at all what I expected the kind of merging of like the different animation styles i don't understand why my little pony was in it and what separate was doing at the end we focus on the good first because i feel like there's a there lot really? of <laughs> yeah i i think there is so i think first of all there is a generation definitely older millennials gen x that were craving a bit of a 90s reboot to some of these sort of classic disney tunes type style things whether or not this is what they wanted, I don't I don't think that was it. But, you know, the kind of like Darkwind Duck and Jungle Cubs and that kind of era of stuff, there's definitely an appetite for that. The next good thing, I guess it's kind of good that Chip and Dale are actually being included in media because we see them a lot in Disney parks and resorts. But actually, when was the last time that you saw anything with Chip and Dale in? So that's not a bad thing. It means the characters, the, the characters in the parks will resonate with it with a more contemporary audience. So that's not a bad thing. 
I guess also it's quite good that hand-drawn animation is being used at all. And it's the first time that we've seen hand-drawn animation and live action be spliced together like that since Mary Poppins returns. So that's a good thing. Now you can, yeah, have your moment. That's all I got. The the comedy looks juvenile and looks awful. It just it oh, I don't even I don't even know what what this is or where it's going or is it a film? I mean, is it a series? So it's a movie that's going to be on Disney Plus. It's very Ted esque to me. It's that kind of like if you're the kind of person who enjoys Ted or Sausage Party or any of those kind of like adult CGI comedy movies then I think that this is going to be up your alley. And I actually really like that scene at the end with Seth Rogen, where they're like, do you remember that animation style where it kind of looked like people weren't looking at you? I like that. And I think that what they've tried to do with the movie, and this is just my interpretation from this trailer, it's kind of got a bit of a Wreck-It Ralph-esque lens to it, but with movies and with cinema. So we saw a little flashback to the original hand-drawn animation. We see that Dale has had the CGI treatment. We see a scene from Star Wars where Chip is dressed as Han Solo. We get a little flash of a few Disney characters like Aladdin, um, Robin Hood. We do see My Little Pony as well, which is weird. And then at the end, we see that sort of cat style live action animation and then that weird Seth Rogen character. So I think that what the movie will try and do is sort of chart the development of animation over time, I think. Yeah, I think you're probably right. To me, it just looks like an absolute mess. But um, <laughs> I'm, I'm intrigued by it now. I feel like it's going to be one of those things. Like, I'm sorry if anyone's really excited about this, but I feel like it's, it, to me, it looks like it's going to be one of those things that is so bad, it's worth a watch. Yeah, I mean, hey, Detective Pikachu has got a sequel. Who would have thought that that would be a thing? I've never seen it, so, you know, I probably shouldn't judge. But there's definitely a pool of movies to me that sit in the same camp. And it's got Detective Pikachu in it. It's got Sausage Party in it. It's got Ted in it. I really don't like the Ted films. I, I watched the first one and thought it was all right. But I, I've watched it since and I, I really don't, I that's not my bag. I think if you like Ted and you like Detective Pikachu, <laughs> give this one a go. But it's it's so far away from the type of movie that I would watch out of choice. <laughs> like it's my worst kind of genre of film. I, I'm really surprised actually that the Walt Disney Company have even <laughs> put this together. It just doesn't feel Disney to me in, in any way, shape or form. Yeah, that's so true. I completely agree with you. It doesn't at all. I'm I'm quite surprised by it. But yeah, I don't know. Watch this space. I tried I tried to, you know, balance us out, some yin and yang. But um, hey, what can I say? I knew that that would be your reaction, which is why I was really looking forward to seeing it. But hey, I love debate and I love to be challenged. So if you are one of the people that watched that trailer and thought it looked good, I know that Ryan from Theme Park Trailer said that he didn't think it seemed that bad. And there are definitely others out there. If you are one of those people, prepare to put your case against us. Why are you excited about this movie and, and what are you looking forward to about it? absolutely and that pretty much sums up everything we're going to be talking about today we will be back next week where we are going to be talking all about the 30 years of disneyland paris as they celebrate their 30th birthday so do join us next week for that we will see you for now bye for now bye thank you goodbye now goodbye goodbye thank you goodbye